0: how are we doing guys? My guest today is going to be Bradley Wilson. Brad is a two-time Olympian, three-time World Cup winner, two-time World Championship medalist, and a five-time national champion as a mogul skier. In this episode we discuss not only his journey as an athlete but also his battle with anxiety and mental health. I hope you enjoy Brad's journey of failures and successes so far and please make sure to like share and subscribe. Enjoy guys. Boom we're rolling. We are rolling. So you were just talking about fundraiser, uh, your first Zoom experiences. So this is uh, only yeah, your third so, time on Zoom, which is crazy uh, since this pandemic has kind of started. I would say that's a, that's a small number. It's insane.
1: <laughs> I've been like just kind of hermiting in the cabin this whole time. Um, training, I guess, but yeah. So third ever Zoom meeting, but um, the first Zoom meeting was really cool. I got, invited to uh, talk with jill biden through the usc team they had a few members talk and kind of ask some points and stuff and um it was it was crazy it was like i mean i was talking to her it was for the campaign and i kind of had a they just kind of wanted to ask some questions on um uh, whatever we wanted pretty much so they kind of gave us free reign to ask whatever we wanted i had a question about um the education system and how they were going to better the education system and um she's a teacher an ex-teacher well, I, I think she's probably still teaching but um her eyes like lit up it was so cool like she had such a good answer uh kind of how they're going to revamp vamp the um public school system and also i had a question about um after school activities because you know I've talked to you about like last September I had like a major anxiety panic attack thing that I've never experienced before yeah like no no idea what anxiety was and And
0: you were training right that was in you were in Zermont when that happened you were at like a training camp yeah I was was at don't know Zermont's like 11,000 feet it's not uh, an easy place to get to I mean uh, especially to, to have a panic attack and stuff like that happen. it's three trams to get up to where the actual like uh, training site is and I do not it's like an hour upload. It so takes an hour. Yeah. Out. So, I mean, yeah.
1: Be- well, that's what happened. I had to get hell of act out because I mean, like I said, I, and people who've had uh, anxiety or uh, panic disorder or anything like that, um, can relate, but you know, it came to a point where like I was seizing on the, like I, so what happened, let me just tell you the whole story. It was really scary, but, um, like I had no clue what anxiety was up to this point you know like um, coming from Montana it's like you're hard like you you know you have mental problems or mental disorders like you can you should figure it out I've talked a lot a lot of my cousins and family and friends from Montana have had it but they deal with it internally which is something I feel like I guess I probably that's, did that's up until that point. Way, right? That's the Montana Right, way. I mean people know, mountains. like people get it. <laughs> it seems like that's but anyways, um so I get to the bottom of one run, like into the finish area. And I've told you the story, but I'm just gonna repeat it for everybody else.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and I started to lose feeling in my hands. And that feeling went to my arms and then my legs, I slowly started to lose feeling my extremities, like pins and needles. And then I started to feel it in my stomach. And this is where I was like freaking out. I was like, I can't feel my hands and legs. Like I've had that happen before, right? Like yeah. broke my back and lost feeling for like fifteen minutes and was, like all right, we're we're good to go. Yeah,
2: everything's I thought I was, maybe it
1: just I thought maybe it was just that, like my my compression factor reenacting or something like that. But then when I started to lose feeling in my stomach and my chest, I was like, Holy shit, like something's wrong.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and I went I went down anyway, so I was like to our, our physical therapist like Chuck, like something's going on, something's wrong with me. I don't know what it is. But so I need like to get while out.
0: You were in the course, you kind of noticed it, like while you were skiing your run, or it's you get through the finish and then you're like kinda in the finish area, just making it and then it's like, Oh, this is like yeah, it
1: was yeah. okay. It was wild.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: a funny thing, I had to poop really bad and up there like up there in in Zermatt there's no bathrooms like you're there you're on the glacier there's a tea bar and they have um, uh, a little porter potty in the bottom and the day before I kind of was like freaking out because I had to poop and I was like I don't want to go to the porter potty (laughs) (laughs) I went in there and there was no toilet paper and I'm like freaking out so this this happened during like so the next day I was like oh god I gotta poop and I remember my experience yesterday like i had to go get some like wet naps from chuck and <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this a, yeah. this herd caused me to have this major panic attack where <laughs> so i'm i'm laying down um and just trying to like figure out what's going on i'm starting to realize like i can't even ski at this point like i can't get out of here i don't know what's going on It all just kind of everything just Avalanche on top of me is like, like, I'm seizing. I can barely breathe. I'm ready. Like, I'm about to pass out, but Chuck is doing these um, sternum rubs to keep me awake. Okay. And, um, sorry, i no, turned turn this on. It says it's on Do Not Disturb, too. That's so annoying. Um, and I'm, at, I'm like coming to terms with my life, dude. Like, I'm, it's a beautiful day out. I'm like, this is an amazing place. This place is unreal. It's so. That's crazy. Beautiful up there. The, and not, I, your wheels are turning like that. I mean, yeah. Walk, and I, yeah. I was like, this is a beautiful place to die. It's crazy. Yeah. And at this point I have no idea what anxiety is too. Like I've never had a panic attack, I've never had anything like this. So I'm like, all right, this is it. So I mean, does is it, is it, it is it
0: really stemming back to like I had to go take a shit and I don't think I'm going to a porta potty. Uh, a to, is that what it's like? Is that yeah. what it comes down to? Is that dude? What it's I think
1: to? so. I kind of think so. Like I might have some anxiety with like pooping in a uh, a, a porta potty up at scary. But no, what happened? I guess I don't really know. Obviously, we don't really know what caused it. Um, A lot of things. Now looking back at you know the stresses that were in my life and. um at that point and, and certain, you know, where I was at in my life, I guess I was kind of like, not really sure if I wanted to keep skiing or um, my relationship and everything was, everything was just kind of um, going through my head. And um, so they, I ended up getting flighted the air, like the helicopter came and took me to the hospital. Um They, they think that what happened was it was, um, elevation or high altitude sickness induced so like high altitude sickness you lose you know feeling you start to lose feeling in your extremities and you get that so that i think they think that that's what kind of started it um and then i had this panic attack but the crazy thing was it lasted for you know i'm trying to get diagnosed because at this point like i something's wrong with my heart, something's wrong with my brain, something's wrong with my blood, I got blood clots, I, something's going on, right, and yeah. I feel like there's, I mean, we know our bodies as athletes, and um, this was something I never felt before, and I was just like, wait, I felt I felt everything before, you know, like, I know when things hurt and what things are wrong, at least kind of to a point, but this is something in my head, and I, I never dealt with this, so the next two months, I mean, I had some amazing support staff with the USP team, and um uh we had i had a donor <laughs> it was crazy so i had a panic attack i was like get me home right yeah. like
0: right.
1: get me home i still i still don't know what it is at this point but i want to get home and see what's going on and so they held the, you
0: down so on the day the, that day chuck kind of keep keeps conscious everything else and then they decide you are like all right i'm not gonna be able to ski down is that why or or do you kind of snap out of it do you ski down or do you get a helicopter and they bring you to hospital like how, how did that how'd that go
1: i'm like on my deathbed and i'm laying there and trucks is trying to keep me awake and he's already got he's on the phone he's like the helicopter's coming and he's just yeah. trying to keep me awake by the time they get there yeah. they come in and i'm in the i'm in the finish area i don't i mean you've been to zermatt but yeah there's every team in the world is there. Yeah. You know, like, like
0: big training site for the I mean, you know, yeah, Australia. All these people Japan, Finland, exactly. country you can think of they're there training.
1: And I'm sitting right I'm laying down right in the middle of everybody. You know, I didn't even make it off of that area. I was just right smack dab in the middle. Um so they had to stop training, you know, everybody was on hold. Uh my teammates are freaking out. You know, they're watching yeah. me die, you know. Yeah. Um Cause I'm, like I said, I'm seizing and um, it was a super gnarly thing that happened for everybody that was down there,
2: Yeah, you know, sure.
1: cause it yeah. was, and all no, these I mean, people are there cause the helicopter, injuries.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, and the helicopter I mean, like, landed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of those things when those injuries kind of come in, right? I mean, I don't, you always see them at the bottom of the course and it's mm-hmm. just eerily silent. Right. yeah
1: one's like, oh, fuck. yeah when someone gets hurt and then our sport is just so amazing you know like we have such an amazing support community it's just really cool like we're a big family international family you know and um like my teammates are freaking out but also my friends and other teams are freaking out yeah um which is everybody because you know i'm just friends with everybody you no
0: know? sure That's popular guy
1: on tour <laughs> no so the anyways the helicopter landed and um like right next to the finish area and they have emts that come out there. insane like there's a show called "Air or the people that they rescue up there the climbers yeah. and all this stuff yeah they're they're amazing it's, it's, yeah. and, and that's yeah they yeah and like those helicopter pilots are have to get in some super gnarly like they're rescuing people off of cliff sides and like that's in cornices and stuff yeah. yeah or in crevasses and stuff so Anyways, they come in and load me up to like a stretcher and then bring me onto the helicopter. And the helicopter brings me down to, um, uh, what's that town? Is it? Is, uh, it, is that right? No, Visp. 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 Okay. Yeah, there's a little uh, hospital down there. Okay. Um, and I'm laying in there. They're doing tests on everything. Like they, I did, got x rays in, in my lungs and stuff to see if there's any fluid in there or anything like that. Um, and that's kind of where they decided that it was high altitude sickness. Cause these guys see this kind of stuff all the time, which is insane. i like, it can't be high altitude sickness. Yeah, I'm a skier. I'm yeah. yeah it's, it's I'm first first up here all the time. time. <laughs> I know. Um, living in park city too, like that's 6,000 feet and, um, butte is only, it's, it's high too, like living in the Rockies, you know, it's just yeah. a high area. anyways. Um, so can't be anxiety. It can't be high altitude sickness. I'm in denial. This is crap. I'm dying. Um, Send me home. And I get on a flight home, and I have another panic attack on the flight home, which was the worst, dude. It was like, oh, uh, God. That's like a nine-hour flight, right? Yeah. Uh, probably something like that. Um, was it direct? Was
0: it – so did you go from Paris to Atlanta, or did you go direct to uh, Salt, Salt Lake? Because what, there's Amsterdam to mm-hmm. – I think you can take to salt lake or what, what, what was the route
1: <laughs> i i got lucky i got on one from uh, zurich to new york city okay uh it's a nine-hour flight i would say something like that um but an hour in or maybe an hour and a half in i just get hit with this same feeling with my hand all of the, you know I lose all the feeling and everything I'm just like, survive, like make it there, like doing everything I can. I'm laying on the floor. People are like giving me rows and yeah, like, this guy's messed up. He's got to get his stuff figured out. And at this point still, I don't know. It's not anxiety, right? Like anxiety's not in my head. So I'm still at that point where, um, but wow, that was terrible. That was brutal being stuck on the plane. Yeah, tin, like
0: tin can. At they, dude, they were gonna. Not places you can go. God,
1: <laughs> they are gonna, dude. They are gonna, um, they're gonna reroute to Iceland. Like they, the whole plane was like, the captain was like, you, are you really messed up? Like we need, should we emergency land? And I'm just like, trying to breathe, trying to chill. I don't know. I get into a point on the ground where I'm just like not moving, and I'm like, this is this is okay. I just won't move from this position. And then it slowly came back, and I just like get a little bit and just to roll over and like get into another position. And it slowly, like, that was my whole flight. And I'm just sitting there, like, no, I'm thinking all these people. And I've been in the situation too, where like, um, isn't there a doctor on the flight? We need uh, an emergency. Or, you know, like, isn't, is there a doctor? Please, you know, please hit the um, call button. And this guy was sitting two, two rows behind me, and he was insanely awesome. He's an ER doctor um and he's like do you you ever have you ever dealt with anxiety before like i'm like no there's no chance of anxiety uh what about high altitude sickness? i'm like dude i'm a skier like it can't be that so he's like trying to diagnose me on the plane anyways i'm like let's get to new york don't go to iceland (laughs) um and in new york city um i go to the and i dude so we had a strength trainer go he was josh bullock who you know um he was planning on going home early anyway. So it lined up perfect that he was on the same flight home. Okay. And uh, also Nick Page, who you know, yeah. he broke his thumb. And right before, so he's getting sent home. And we're he, they're all on the flight with me too, which is, it same was, it was is completely, yeah. I mean, like Nick's dragging my bags and his bags through the airports and um, Josh is making sure like ev- I have everything I need and anyways I get there and I go to the ER in New York in Mount Sinai and spend the night there and they do, they do every single test possible mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like dude you're good you're fine I'm like what?
0: super healthy everything's great
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it was like okay that's trash I don't believe you for a second um, and Anyways, like I'm jet lagged. So I decided to like take a nap and the doctor, one of the doctors comes and like shakes me the grabs an ankle and shakes me and it like wakes me up. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, you know, when you wake up and you're jet lagged, it's like, you don't know where you are. Sure. Um, He's like, tell me what happened. So I start going through the story and I have like this major anxiety attack, panic attack again.
2: Yeah. It
1: just rolls up and I'm like, doc, could it be anxiety? Like, is there any chance it could be anxiety? And he's like, yeah, I mean, percent. I've dealt with anxiety. This is that. And that's when I was just like, Oh my God. All right. Well, I think that's what I have. <laughs> huh. um, so I get in an Uber and go to a donor's house who was, so at this whole time in the background, this is where the US key team is just awesome. They're asking if anybody in New York city can house, you know, so and so because they have some sort of medical condition and they need a place to stay and in four or five days i have this uh the new york city gala which is this major fundraiser for the oski team i'm supposed to go so i'm supposed to be in new york anyways at this point i'm like there's no chance i'm gonna make this gala um but i go to this uh this donor's house and they were incredible man like they set me up um they have also experienced anxiety and things like that. So I could talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, but for the next two months, dude, it was just like diving in. I just like dove in. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to ski. Like I'm done for the year. I don't really care. I'm going to dive in and get this thing figured out. Like my head, I want to like yeah. understand it. And, you know, so I started like meditating and doing all these things. Um, I went to the psychiatrist and he was like, you need to, I, I walk in. I'm like, don't put me on drugs. I need to, I need to, I need you to tell me what's wrong with me. And he was like, you need to get on drugs. After the whole meeting, I was like, told him everything's like, you have panic disorder, you need drugs. And I'm like, all right, I have time. Like, luckily for me. And I honestly, I, I would have, yeah. um, had I been like, had it been Olympic year or something like that. But at this time I had, I had like, I mean, i was talking to the head coach of the team. He's like, you need to figure this out. Mac. And I was, he's like, eat time, take as much time as you want. Don't worry about anything. We'll be all right. So I'm like, okay. So I take a step back and do all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, I got time now. So I'm going to like really figure this out and understand it without taking any medication or anything like that. I had medication ready to go if I ever needed it, which was, which was really nice to have for that first little bit. Um, but what was really cool was this like, opened up this entire world of you know anxiety panic disorder and mental health Um, and come all the way back to jill's question um that was a really important part was jill jill biden's question from the zoom meeting uh what is your plan for like afternoon activities for kids or like what can they do what kind of after school programs can you get into how can we expand on this mental health thing because i look back at like i mean everybody and all and when i started talking about it and bringing it up you know 95 percent of the people that i talked to about it True. are like yeah I've, I've had something similar to that and that's how i deal with it or i've you know i've dealt with that like oh my god i think i you know
2: yeah
1: i have this and just being able to talk about it is just so big so how can we create this you know mental health organization for small towns that I grew up in, or um, anywhere that I've been a part of. So that's kind of where that question kind of came in, was yeah. it was just kind of the timing of it. Um, right. She, I mean, they they have, her. like I said, her eyes lit up, and she had a lot to talk about, and it was just, it was really cool. It was a really, really cool experience.
0: That's awesome. No, so, <laughs> yeah. so that journey, when you're in kind of that, that time frame and you're taking a step back because I mean, essentially since you were, I don't know, you lived at my house when you were 12 years old. I think it was, you know, you lived in my house for a winter, right? I mean, I've known you since. Yeah. And so you've kind of been on this path of competitive skier, two Olympics, world cup winner, national champ, all this stuff. So, so coming around last fall, I mean, is it just a a buildup of all this pressure of like, do I want to continue to compete? Do I want to, where's my passion at? Where's my love? Like I, you know, you've had a, a spectacular journey so far in your career. And is it, I mean, where on your journey did you, where did it kind of take you when you were able to step away? From Dude,
1: yeah, I think honestly, I think that's exactly what it was. The pressure, the, the, I mean, when you start on this journey of skiing or any, probably anything. Um, but my experience of skiing is, you do it because you love it and you have so much fun. I mean, like when I was 12 at your house, we had a blast. Like, we were training every day and um, like learning new tricks and all these things. And it was, I remember it being super sunny every single day, too, which is kind of it crazy. Was gorgeous. Yeah. No,
0: that always helps. I think I only
1: remember, yeah. I only remember the nice those days. The but, only, um, yeah. Those
0: are the only days you remember like the sunny ones and like, you know, Deer Valley. Chandler, so true. Snowbirds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is great. Just those insane <laughs>
1: bluebird days at Deer Valley. Oh, yeah. my God.
0: Or like training on St. Paddy's day. That was always a fun one. Yeah. It yeah. like slush bumps. Yeah. Before national- right before nationals. Right before nationals. Yeah. It's always good. Uh, good training days for sure.
1: <laughs> but yeah, dude, I think that that's what it was. It was like a buildup of all of that, like not really having fun anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you go to these competitions and at some point, at least for me, I started almost taking it for granted and you know going through the motion they're just going with the flow yeah and it was it was brutal because i was doing it but i didn't like i hated training
2: yeah
1: you know like i, I it was to a point where like i hated going to the gym i hated you know um going to the water ramps and all these things and
0: right
1: during that journey that 2 months it took 2 months for me to like figure out what was going on in my head and realize like like when you get a panic or anxiety feeling mm-hmm. understanding that it's I think of it as like a like a, a superpower to or not like superpower but more of like a reminder to stay in the moment you know sure. like when yeah. you start thinking about oh what am I gonna eat tomorrow or where am I gonna poop tomorrow <laughs> um the things are to build up in anxiety and uh, it's just like a nice little reminder to stay in, in the moment and that time I realized I was going to the gym for Josh, like our trainer. I was going to the water ramps for Matt. Um, I was going, I was showing up to every training, um, everything that was scheduled for the uh, other athletes to be like a good role model, right? Like I was living for all of these other people and, you know, from then on until, I mean, hopefully for the rest of my life that whenever I get that anxiety, just a little reminder to live for yourself and, um then I wanted to ski again like I was sitting there and I'm like yeah I was like all right from now on I'm not gonna go for so-and-so I'm not gonna show up for this person or that person I'm gonna show up for myself because I want to um and it took maybe a couple weeks before I wanted to and then I was like all right I really want to go yeah I'm gonna go and I went to uh we had a training camp in Steamboat And it was like, God, it was so fun. It was like, I was a kid again, skiing, just laughing. I mean, I was taking like free laps every once in a while, like to the top of the hill, um, just to ski because it was just, dude, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, And then from then on, that's how I decided to take, I was like, Matt, like I'm ready to go. And I was skiing really well too. I was like better than I was before prior to the panic, right?
0: Well it probably also helped like like uh, not only the the mental refreshment but also the the body wise, you know? I mean yeah especially this sport, like when we started into it, it was you would ski during the winter and then you'd actually have a break. And then you'd yeah. maybe water ramp a little bit in June and go to hood in June and then you wouldn't do anything until you would go to selections or mm. or then fall training camps started to become a thing like as we got a little bit older right that was not really much of a thing when we were younger so your body actually and I think not only like body-wise but also like mentally you know I think um, yeah I mean I've been point, training you, you need to have the mental uh, release and the mental break from it uh, um, really, you know, skiing doesn't really have that right now I mean, because there's always an opportunity to be on snow. You can always chase snow if you want to, but mm-hmm. I think especially if you're, you know, it's one of those things, you're nine, you're 10 years old and your passion carries you so long. And then you only have so many moguls in you. You only have so many runs in you and it's before something starts to break down, you start to burn out. I mean, this stuff kind of happens, right? So, I mean, the fact Totally. That,
1: I mean, you have, once we're at our level, like we're training May. Yeah, that's when we start, you know, we start in the, the gym the hard April
0: season ends, Right, right 31st, April 1st,
1: March. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If so you get one month off, it's dude. And yeah. And that's what happened. I mean, I had, uh, I had an awesome year the year before, like did really well. And then at the end of the season, I was like, all right, I need to fix some stuff. I need to get right back into it. And I got right back into it. This was the last year, I guess. So, um, got right back into it and i think that training from like may to september was just yeah. god every day you know i never had that yeah. that break um and you know COVID COVID that this year has actually been kind of like uh a, a, a different route like everybody has to be creative right now during these times and
0: yeah, absolutely
1: with us we decided to take two weeks on and two weeks off like blocks for the rest of the season like mm-hmm. So we, we start these two weeks block two week blocks and you know because of all, but it's you're you're into you're in a bubble. Yeah. You're in the COVID bubble for the two weeks, no outside contact, and then after you're free to go do your thing, and then the for two weeks. You got two weeks of off from skiing and off from training, and, um then you come back, you do your COVID testing, and then you get right back into the bubble. Mm-hmm. And with with that, those those little breaks in between, it's like you get time to kinda recenter, understand what you're gonna do the next two weeks that you're on. And it's been so much more productive, man. Like already this summer has been one of the best summers of my life.
0: Well, it's so much of a difference rather than like you were talking about going through the motions, right? When you actually like, okay, I'm showing up and I'm training with a purpose.
2: and,
0: And you have that kind of renewed passion and, the the love for it, right? Rather than, Mm -hmm. I mean, it gets, clearly it weighs you down when you're thinking about other people and trying to make other people happy and you start to lose sight of the 12-year-old kid that just like to bounce around and and jump. God, man,
1: so true. (laughs) Start doing it for yourself and it's it's so much fun. It's so fun. We're so So, lucky to be doing this. back to that, like, 12-year-old, I mean,
0: you know, growing up for you, who what, what was the drive? Who was the driving force for you? Was it mom and dad Um, or were you just chasing your brother around and trying to beat Brian?
1: I mean, my, my brother, for sure. He, he had the drive. Like he was internally driven. Um, so I, I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have the internal drive until I was a lot older and he had it right away. Like we would go when we were kids to, I mean, training, random training places. Like we'd, we'd go up to the, um, the path and view called the Homestake and build a jump because he wanted to learn how to throw cork seven. Like this is when cork seven, like Johnny Mosley did his dinner roll at, um, yeah, yeah. at, at Deer Valley. Yeah. And um, Brian was like, I want to learn how to do that. So he looked up on YouTube, like, what is a cork seven? How did, like, what is it? So he studied it yeah. and then our neighbors had a trampoline and he's doing all this on his own, dude. It's, yeah. he's insane. And he's like 15. Um, and he goes to his, our neighbor's trampoline and learns how to throw it on the trampoline. Yeah. And then that fall, we decide to go up to this. I mean, he's so sketchy. There's this, this jump that we built um, off a rock. And you had to stop within like 50 feet before you ran into a barbed wire fence. this is the one this is the jump that we decided to use um i'm in the like next to the landing throwing as much farming as much snow as i can because he's up there trying to learn a cork seven he annihilated himself like (laughs) jump after jump just landing on his back his side his neck i mean he wasn't even close like dude that's and at this point, I don't know just what a cork seven is. Carcass. I'm like, just exactly. He's just, <laughs> boom, you know, sending it. Um, after like a week, he was stomping every single one. Awesome. And it was a legit cork seven um and at that point no one was throwing him at northern uh, was
0: that a rick shane or cork seven or are we t- i mean that legit i don't <laughs> Dude, know <what> do. <laughs> it
1: was it was legit he had a good one before he showed up to wasatch yeah. but yeah he was like the one of the first ones to throw it at northern and um then yeah, yeah as you know our story we decided to take it more seriously and move to uh, utah that's and a big move
0: that's yeah a big move. It's a massive weird. move get up and get up and move. That's a pretty big uh, decision for you guys. And yeah, that, and we. Were you just a little brother kind of tailing along or did you, you know, have any input? Or were you like, yeah, well, I kind of like it here. Do
1: we need to. At a- this point, no. I mean, I'm 12 yeah. years old, 13 years yeah. old, right? Like okay. 12 years old is when I saw you that, that winter. Um, so we had moved that year after, that yeah. winter I spent with you, as mm-hmm. a family down. And yeah, I had no clue what I was doing. I mean, I still went to school in Butte, which was sweet. Um, I had amazing school in Butte. So, uh, they let me go. So I spent like four months back with my friends and all the way through high school,
2: Yeah.
1: two months before the ski season and two months after. And, um, I was just cruising, right? Like I was just going along with whatever Brian was doing. And, um, yeah, man. He obviously he went on and won. He he made the ski team that next year we moved out. Yep. He made it when he was.
0: So is he maybe a, two I mean, years after? He's but, your biggest inspiration, kind of going through. Is he the one that kind of helped mentor you, kind of? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. He's
1: yeah, 100. percent. I mean, I was a fan of some skiers for sure. For sure. Like, yeah. I was a big Nate Dog fan. Um, yeah. and i mean there was a bunch of skiers that were on the team too that i loved but uh, so,
0: i mean it was yeah it was fun to, fun back you know nate dog
1: Cabral, yeah Blair, bloom
2: i mean all those guys just, <laughs>
1: so like, i went to a university of montana game a Grizz game yeah. and um i'm just with like some high school friends i don't even think i was in high school at this point but on the it was after the game and we're down there playing football in the field because they allow everybody to play down there like it's like an open field and, Um, there's an interview of Jeremy Bloom on the the big Megatron at the University of Montana right after the game, and I'm like, oh my god, like I know, like this is insane. I'm like, this is what this is what I do when you guys don't see me for the whole year. This is what I do. I know this guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bloom is Bloom is one of the best athletes I've ever met, you know, and one of the best people. Yeah.
0: No, they just came, he had his documentary just uh, came out, uh, the weight of gold. Who's one of the producers for that, and which is on uh, HBO. Uh, so it's super, and it's really interesting because they talk about uh, a lot of the stuff that you were mentioning earlier, just the anxiety attacks and all that, the uh, pressure and kind of you know the the weight of gold, the weight of going out for excellence. And wow, um,
2: so I, mean, wow. I
0: I haven't. Uh, I, I need to watch it because uh, I know Jeremy. Yeah, I, haven't, I didn't like, even hey, know about so, it. Yeah, it's, no, it's on HBO, Michael Phelps. And okay. um, I, I've seen the trailer.
1: For oh, it, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, so, yeah. got it. So,
0: uh, but that's what it. it's about, just uh, the pressure that, you know, once you get to, you know, closer to the, closer to the mountaintop and you're, and you're really striving, um, you know, all eyes are on and you kind of have to always be performing and it becomes less and less about you, right? It becomes more and more just about the result rather than mm-hmm. enjoying yourself so, yeah all right you're, you're i you're mean brad wilson you gotta win <laughs> dude you gotta win. yeah so it was funny i
1: was <laughs> dude i was just thinking about this last night um the results thing is garbage it sucks it's so brutal right as you know but you gotta go you still want to win like you want to you don't want to i guess win necessarily as getting first or or doing these things, but you want to win the day. Like you want to go out and you want to,
0: you want to do the best. You, you can want to have, do. you want to do, yeah. you, you want to be your best. And right. it's extremely difficult in our sport because our sports a judged sport. It's not like it's Alpine. You're just the fastest one down the hill. But mm-hmm. I mean, you, you want to be able to achieve because not everyone is as talented or is as, you know, I mean, you, you want to be able to achieve the, the best you can on that day. And whether it's yeah. first or it's 10th, it doesn't really, yeah, doesn't really matter but I mean as long as you're stoked yeah the u.s mentality yeah. though you know our our mentality in the country alone is you know we gotta get that gotta get the w it's always bad be- I mean obviously it's always better to win
1: but yeah but you like you you have all this outside pressure to get the w or the gold medal at the olympics like
2: right
1: you're you're going to the olympics and you're like I'm competing for the united states yeah. right mm-hmm. and that's what you're thinking. And a lot of people get in that, that moment of like, well, I put in all this hard work and I'm going to be here for myself and, and be a part of the Olympic experience for myself. Um, and that's one thing I didn't do, like the last two Olympics, I didn't do well. And I was competing for, you know, mom and dad and all these people who, um, did, you know, sacrificed and you, you go into those being like, they're going to these events being like, I need to be doing this for all of these other people who've made these sacrifices, but you don't realize like you've made your sacrifices. Like you need to be here for yourself. Um, And afterwards celebrate with everyone else. Like that's the big thing is all of these people who make a sacrifice know that like they're okay with you being there for yourself, be, do the competition, whatever it is for yourself. And then, come celebrate with everybody you know that's where that's where they come in and they're more than happy all these people who made these sacrifices for you are more than happy to be like yes like i will be a part of the celebration or you know the morn or whatever it was they're they're just happy to be a part of it um
0: yeah, just happy to have but, yeah. be kind of a part of a part of the journey, right? Yeah. And how, so so kind of going to those experiences, I mean, how much different was that the the second time around, the second Olympics compared to the first Olympics? I mean, just um, the difference in did you feel like you were more prepared? Did you feel like the preparation was a little bit better? Or just I mean, because there's nothing else like it, right? It's like you get four years you put you training, uh, you know, from, uh, May to pretty much March. Uh, and then it's, it's 30 seconds.
1: It's crazy. You, you asked me this question cause I was literally talking about this last night. Um, the, the atmosphere overall, Russia was insane. It was so, so cool. The, the atmosphere there, like their culture is really loud and, we walked in for opening ceremonies and it might've just been because of my first opening ceremonies compared to my second, mm-hmm. but it was, I mean, there was like 80,000 people in that building and it was packed. That's crazy. It was so loud and they are all like chanting like our, our, um, our, our walking song was like this big, like heavy bass, you know, it's just so it was insane. It was the coolest experience of my life. And then in Korea we walk out and it's really quiet. Okay. because i feel like it's just the culture there right. and they're playing gangnam style like <laughs> come on this I, I felt really bad um for the other athletes who hadn't gone to olympics and i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry that that happened like god the the opening ceremony was the best experience ever and they're just like oh my god that was
2: insane that was the coolest <laughs> thing
1: ever are you kidding me you know and yeah um but yeah i had something to compare it to and that was what i would say i'd take away from it was you know the atmosphere in russia was so cool there were so many people at the event at our event the, yeah. the stands were completely packed um and it was loud you know and we get to korea i mean and there was nobody in the this i mean they they had sold out but there wasn't that many people in the stands we had family and everybody who came over from the u.s yeah. big fans like that came and they were like in the lower section um and that was really cool but the overall i mean it was the stands it was and everything to work too works. but yeah it, was cold. yeah it was really cold which might have had an effect on that but yeah it was it was definitely different um but overall like as far as my experience and all that i was talking about this last night is I felt less prepared the second time less prepared. Yeah. I, I, because before I had no idea what to expect. And the second time I was like, I know what to expect. Let's treat it like another event kind of mentality. And that was the worst. I think the worst thing I could have done, I should have been like, you know, excited about competing at the Olympics, you know, and another event is a world cup, which is an amazing event too, you know? So like, why not just put it it where it is and enjoy it instead of being like, oh my God, don't, don't freak out. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. Or, yeah. you know, you've got to have a good run. Don't, don't screw up. Don't screw up. Don't screw up. Right. Um, just be like, let's let it all out on the table and send let it. Let's
0: fall, kind of let the cards yeah. uh, fall where they may.
1: Yeah.
0: You got to do that but, sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's wild. Yeah, totally. You got to do that every time. Yeah. And our That's sport cool. now, like, It's so competitive, too, that you have to let it all out.
0: Well, it's interesting because there's that extremely thin line between glory and death, and you're right on the rails there. And then Mm -hmm. once you kind of hit that flow and you're in kind of that state where you're like, oh, man, few and far between in my career compared to yours, but I do remember the moments, and they were – that yeah, best times, you know, it's just yeah, I mean it's hard to hard to replicate, but when you're able to find that that sweet spot and you're like, Okay, I'm glad my hips are in a good spot right Totally, yeah. I get late once, I'm yeah. in serious I'm
1: Yeah. It, totally. Um yeah, I can tell you every time that I've felt that and that's why we do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that feeling of flow and nothing like you're invincible, right? No, for sure. It's so cool. Yeah. It's well, so it's awesome. amazing. I mean, Once it, you get that feeling, you're addicted yeah. and that's, you're yeah. just striving to get into that feeling
0: again. Yeah, that, that flow stayed and right on the rails, right on the, uh, right to the, yeah. the rails there. Now, it's, yeah. I mean, one of those things I was actually uh, talking with my uh, dad about uh, a couple weeks ago that I just find super, into- we were just sitting out on the deck kind of just chatting about um, how the, the different uh kind of evolutions of, of the sport and how long uh it has changed and how much and how and how quickly you know it's not a big time frame and I would say it's the same in, in kind of most sports, you know, you look at how like Jesse Owens uh world records don't even stand up in high school anymore, yeah. right? And compared to like I mean when I was getting into it you weren't allowed to flip. <laughs> it was literally totally. illegal. So you're doing yeah. like a spread and, like, a twister, and then when it got done, it's like, all right, you got guys doing, like, double full and 10 and, like, I'm like 15 trying to learn how to do I like mean, a fucking backflip.
1: Nick <laughs> Nick like, Page at Mount Hood, we're on a mobile jump, and he's doing double cork 10s. Like, he's flipping twice. Sick, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane how much it's progressed. And I'm in the same boat. Like, you, you do it before you can even flip. Or yeah. when you, when there's at one point where they allowed inverts, but you could like, you couldn't go straight over the top. So like yeah, people yeah. would like do back posts. So put their head like this yeah. to not get disqualified.
0: Yeah, exactly. You could do it.
1: Yeah, it was an egg roll. <laughs> yeah, it was an egg roll. So <laughs> ridiculous. But it's crazy, man, how much it's progressed in the last. I mean, I've been doing it. I've been on the team for almost 10 years. And,
0: and does that keep you like kind of engaged now, especially since you've had your chance to kind of step back and everything else. I mean, part of it has become so much more acrobatic, right. Which is extremely yeah. difficult. I mean, it's one of those things, um, you know, they've, they've tried to, they've changed some, changed some things around with it and uh, broken some things down. Right. I mean, the turns are now a little bit uh, at least judging wise, a little bit higher. They try to take a little bit away from, Mm-hmm. From the jump, but the progressions with the jumps are just continuing. I, I kind of wish great. they didn't
1: do that. I wish they I wish they left it like
0: 50 25 twenty
1: five. Fifty, yeah. So right now, those of you who don't know that um our judging system is split 60% on turns, judged. Yeah. And what is it, 20% on speed, speed and then 20%, 20% on jumps.
2: Yeah.
1: For me, I was like I was getting all my points with the speed. Yeah. You know, like, the turns, everybody has their style, and it just depends on which judge is there on who is going to give you the points, of, you know, like, what their sure. preference is their preference on how you, is. like, I'm not going to be able to change the way I ski for this judge or that sure. judge. I'm going to keep skiing the same way I am, but my 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 score is completely different. Like, they're supposed to be, judge you based on, you know, your, um, your base score is what it's called, so you have, like, a universal score on basically how you turn. So you should have the same base score on every event, but you don't. Um, it is an interesting,
0: and, it's a super interesting system. And it's one of those things, right. Right? if you would think that, so now turns are worth more, right? It's 60%. So. Exactly. They, so why it, why it magnifies the
1: that flaw. <laughs> yeah, true. The
0: bottom section, two turns and the top section. Yeah. And then the That's middle section is a little bit longer. Well, if if more of the event is now geared like, Cause looking back 2002, some of those other were like, it was eight, the bottom section at uh, 2002 Olympics, I think was longer than the middle section.
1: It was insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I watched you know? those videos and I'm like, geez I'm like, there's no chance I can make it like through those terms.
0: Yeah. But I mean, on the other
1: side, the middle section is a lot shorter. Middle section
0: shorter. But the, which long, is the top like, section was, I mean, the longest top section <laughs> now, true. you gotta go to Australia. Top Oh stream, my 22 turns or something to the top air there there's the a thank
1: uh, thank god there. for that change dude the <laughs> top sections in mogul skiing is the worst part of the whole course <laughs> i'm glad those things are short yeah. it's like survival make it to the first jump and then you your run kind of starts there but, but it was always one but, of those things that separated yeah. some of the men
0: the skiers yeah. and some of the like deer valley but like the top section it's Deer Valley, one they used to have that big waterfall the last like two turns you could literally stop on the last turn and then just pump and you could clear the chop on that top section at Deer Valley back in, you know, 2000. Yeah. Totally.
1: Dude, the thing is though, like Deer Valley still separates the men from oh, the boys. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, they might've made it a little different in the, the um, Profile, yeah. I mean, the landings are way bigger. The jumps are way bigger, but, yeah. cause we're doing different tricks, but Deer Valley definitely separates the men from the boys yeah. every um, single year. And that's, that's one thing I love about it is they it does that and a lot of stops that we go to don't yeah um and it's really frustrating because you're you know you're being competitive with this joe schmo who you know is trash but it he can ski this course really well because it's this flat yeah
2: exactly.
1: um anybody can so it's definitely what's sweet about your is it separates that a lot but a lot of these other courses you know yeah. brings brings everybody together but that. Yeah, and I don't know. I think if they if they didn't switch that that scoring system, maybe it wouldn't have ex- exaggerated a lot of these flaws. And I honestly, I don't know The the progression you can't really control the way it's changing. But no, I think the progression is good, it. and
0: it's a, it's a it's a natural thing that, that happens. But I just find, I think the one thing I do think that, that is a little interesting is the fact that if essentially eighty percent of your score is based on your skiing, then why do they short? Why are they trying to take? all of the moguls Mm -hmm. at like that's the one thing Once like yeah i get you know they're doing bigger tricks so you need more uh for safety you got to have a little bit more of a land but i mean you can i mean courses used to be 275 meters like i mean could make them longer
1: yeah the thing is is like as an athlete like i'm stoked that they're doing that like i'll have a uh conversation with you know pro mogul guys and be like what the hell is this crap that you guys are doing and I honestly would be scared shitless doing the tricks that we're doing on those courses. You know, like Oh yeah. No chance. I mean, even the tricks that they were doing were insane.
0: Yeah.
1: Um on these these courses with no landings. I mean, we show up to some places and I'm like, ah oh, man, like this landing is short. Yeah. Like go down and like step it out, try to make it longer. But like back in the day, they were landing in the bumps in no matter bumps, what. I mean we yeah. we land in the bumps still, but yeah, not on purpose. Right.
0: Yeah, it happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. And there I mean it's it's really cool. I love I love the community because you can talk to these guys and have something in common with just skiing bumps and skiing freestyle, even though it's a completely different sport than it was back then. You have something in common and it's really it's really fun to banter about
0: it. Well it's it's one of those things that's always fun just because it's if you can ski, especially if you can ski moguls, you can ski anything. Yeah. You can literally ski any part of the mountain. It's the most challenging part. That's why most people don't do it
1: because yeah. it's difficult. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know that's why the that's say the community is uh, is a little bit small, but it's one of those.
1: Uh, that's how I started. That's how Brian and I started. We followed people in Lost Trail, like the best skiers on the hill. And it's not a big mountain um, up in in Montana and Idaho. It's only open on the weekends. It's, it's called Lost Trail Powder Mountain and It's only open on the weekend, so it's sick skiing all the time because it snows all week and then you ski it. But the best skiers on the hill were this freestyle team. Like they would go around the whole ski area and just rip all day. That was what the training was, Mm -hmm. and that's how we started. We're like, yo, like how do we get involved in this? And it kicked off because they are. It's it is true. If you can ski bumps, you can ski anything.
0: Navigate your way down the hill. That's for sure. Yeah. Right yeah now, for, sure. for for those out there kind of if they're starting to get into competitive uh, skiing and kind of working their way up you know uh what what kind of what piece of advice would you have uh, for them other than doing it probably for themselves and, and being in the moment you got any uh, kind of words of wisdom to help them? navigate through their careers because, I mean, it is one of those things where you really need to be able to have uh, a certain amount of perseverance because not every day is always great. Not every day you're uh, doing your best. So, so what would you say?
1: I don't really know. I would, I would definitely say, take every opportunity that you can. Um, If you have an opportunity to go skiing or if you have an opportunity to go to the water ramps or if you have an opportunity to do all these things, um, take it and that's just something I did. And my best friends, you know, from school and things like that, that I missed out on, they're still really good friends, right? Like they're still going to be there and you're not going to miss out on anything because you're going to gain so much more, um, through the experiences you can get if you, you know, succeed in your sport, um, train hard, but do it as long as you do it for the right reasons, like do it for yourself. Um, that's I mean that's one thing I would say it's it's a really tough question because that that's asked a lot you know like we have that question a lot and it changes every time but that as of right now is what I would say
0: yeah and how mm-hmm. much I mean kind of how much has that would you say that's changed in like the last year I mean just from, oh my god from the last last couple changed. months right I mean yeah everything's oh my of- god
1: yeah no my life has changed everything's changed um my outlook on life my my compassion and empathy towards uh, mental health too is skyrocketed, you know, having that connection and um, compassion for people who go through mental health is, is huge. And that made me question, you know, what, what am I living for? You know, what, what can I do? What differences can I do for myself for the society and things like that? How can I make the world better Um, rather than just kind of going with the flow and, Mm -hmm. um, doing what everyone else is doing and that was my mentality for sure like go with the flow like oh where am i going next i don't know i'm just going with the flow i'm on a bus somewhere i'm going to you know ruka finland i guess it's dark outside so it must be in finland Um, but now it's definitely do things with purpose so um,
0: what do you think the, what do you think the, the future looks like? I mean, are you right now or have, dude, you, I'm so stoked. have you planned, uh, have you planned out kind of goal-wise what you want the future to be? Are you planning another Olympic run or are you yeah. not looking that far ahead? You're trying to keep on more. Yeah, a, for
1: sure. I think it would be sweet to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, But I'm more stoked now than I've been in years to like, for, for I'm ready for it to start snowing already, you know, like, okay. I remember when I felt that and it wasn't, it was quite a while ago, like a few years ago. Yeah. It was just like snow was everywhere and it was just kind of there, but now like I'm ready for, um, for competition season. And it's a pretty big year this year. We have world championships, which is sweet. Um, but yeah, going through the Olympics, maybe, maybe longer depending on, you know, where I'm at, which is crazy to think if you asked me that in August, I would have been like, I can barely make it to the Olympics, you know?
2: Yeah. Um,
1: but now like, I'm, I'm stoked on it. I'll go as long as I can.
0: Yeah. It's amazing what a whole new, whole new outlook on life can give you. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things too. When you think about, moving uh, forward and kind of the growth i mean i think you try to have new growth every day you try to pull something mm. um you know i've been trying to read a lot more audiobooks a lot more to to kind of pull out new things and that's what i kind of hope for with this podcast so far is that uh, people can get one or two things uh to be able to pull away and hopefully makes a, a little change for them and kind of uh, makes them grow a little bit you know i think uh, you're either growing or you're shrinking there's no kind of in between mm. right like every day we're moving forward you're either moving yeah. forward or backwards right so it's it's one of those things where if you can kind of grow and get a little bit better each day and and whatever that is you know if it's you're trying to be the best in the world or you're simply trying to you know learn a little bit more about about the world out
1: there i mean learning is is huge we have so much access to i mean we have access to everything now yeah it's not like you're just gonna go learn that one thing and stick with it like we have so much access now you could learn a language for free you yeah, know
0: total like, lingo, bro, yeah total
1: lingo, it's totally day. it's so it's crazy and i mean why not if you're yeah. if you're in those if you're in those funks
0: yeah
1: why not pick up something that you know you have access to it's right there Um but, yeah, I always thought about that with skiing, and it's like, okay, at what point What point is it time to change what that thing you're trying to perfect is? Because I've been trying to perfect this for the last, I don't even know, 20-something years, 20 years probably. A long time. Yeah, and there's so it. many things out there. Like, yeah. there's so many things. You could golf. I mean, yeah. everybody golfs you can golf you know it's crazy like you can golf for it forever um and with that you. and i think that's why it's so popular is because you can always progress throughout the day there's something yeah. you know you can get better at and if golf's not your thing or if music's your thing art is big too yeah. um why not try to become the best artist
0: well, I think I, mean, I think it's one of those things that uh, talk about a lot on here is just the, the fear. And I think that it's such an interesting thing, the fear of failure, or the fear of going out and trying and kind of putting forth the effort, like taking the shot just to hear the gun go off, like you might crash, mm-hmm. you might fall flat on your face. It might be a total disaster, but at least like you go through and you take the chance. You know, I mean, crashing, out. my
1: mom always said, crashing makes you better.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, in skiing, like you crash today, like it's only gonna make you better and yep. you're going to crash less as you get better. Yeah, and that's exactly. just the way that you're going to crash harder.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, as you get better, <laughs> but you're, you're going to crash a lot less. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, I don't know. The fear thing is wild because it like, I, I, I had like, no idea. I mean, I knew a little bit of construction, but I never really had like a, a what a nine to five job, a job. Right. And during those two months off, I I got a construction job and um, I knew a little bit about construction, but that first day was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like, I, I don't think this is right for me. Yeah. Like what? And at this point I'm high on anxiety. Like it's insane. Right. Like I am out of my mind. Um, and at that point, like, I'm at the scary, I'm, I'm scared of everything. And I still went to my first day on the job and at, it turned out that I fit right in. It was like, yeah, for the first day, I was like, oh, this is sweet. Like, oh, I know exactly what you guys are doing. This is awesome. Like yeah. the mind for it and it all worked out great. And you won't know until it's happened after you get through that first day, then you can decide on. Um,
0: what what, you want I mean, to it's do. one of those things about growth. You kind of have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. If yeah. you want to grow, if you want to check, you know, being able to challenge yourself, you have to do things that make you a little bit uncomfortable. Right.
1: Right. I mean, we do that with skiing. Like when you're learning yeah. your first cork seven or your first backflip or all those things, it's scary. I mean, today yeah. I did a right side, seven twenty cork seven. And I've never done that before. And yeah. um, yeah. And I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I said it. And like, I mean, I didn't land it, but yeah, in that moment, I had no idea what I was doing like when I was in the air, I didn't this all of it felt wild and foreign to me. completely <laughs> foreign, yeah, exactly. Um, but if I continue to do it, yeah. eventually I'll be able to like it'll get comfortable I'll get comfortable being in that position, I'll get comfortable and start taking it to my feet, and then maybe I'll take it to snow and then I'll you know yeah. compete it or I mean, I'm not going to do that, but. In like,
2: yeah, who knows? yeah no chance. <laughs> I
1: mean, right. The thing is, with us, we don't get any benefit from doing that. So, yeah. I mean, I'll go. I'll just keep going left, left side cork seven. But um, when you're learning a new trick, like you, you go through that. And um, I think for us, it's definitely an advantage because we've we've gone through all of those things. Yeah. Um, but most athletes um, have gone through that same exact thing when, within their sport. Sure. Um, but then you look at everyone else like in the business sector or um you know musicians and artists like they they do something new and yeah it's scary like imagine can you imagine performing in front of a crowd i don't even know even if it's stand-up comedy
0: stand-up comedy i probably have some pretty good material so i could i could right yeah that
1: scares me so much well it's it's maybe you you gotta do it really
0: funny example Uh, so We were driving up, uh, driving the kids up uh, here, and they were talking about uh, public speaking. And they were talking about Mm. how in the sixth grade they had to do, they you know, a few years ago they had to do a public speaking thing. And they're in the sixth grade, and the teacher was like, "That was that was horrible presentation." Like they're fucking 12. What you, yeah, like, what you, I don't know. What are, who, who's supposed to be Now all these kids 12? know like, or think that yeah, they're the worst like, public right, speakers like, ever. Yeah, it's not. You just have to do it. Yeah. It is scary. Like that's, you know, it's part of it. So you have to go through and you have to fall flat on your face. I'm sure I could do at least one joke, though. I could at least think you crack one Yeah, you're joke, a funny guy. The first one. And then after that, I'd be screwed. Then it would be really, really bad. But
1: that's like that's part of it man like you go and do it yeah you might suck the first time yeah. you might have one joke but then the next time you're like oh like i learned some shit i can go make two jokes and
0: yeah.
1: keep doing it eventually you're gonna be a I would, good act i would i would, I would you know? like
0: to hope that like 20 22 of these podcasts in. i'm a little bit i, I hate going back and listening to especially some of those early ones, Murphy bless his heart. Dude, I don't know how he put up with, but it's it's one of those. Uh, but you go back and you listen because you're trying to get better. And I yeah, hate I love so I, it. I hate listening to your own voice going back listening. I'm I think listening, you, buddy. I think you're
1: killing it. I love, yeah. I love the podcast. I think they're super fun, um, to well, listen to, and me. it's got the right message. And I mean, yeah, you, as a critic, weren't perfect, but you definitely <laughs> surprised me. Like I was shocked at how good you actually were. Oh, um, preach, bro. When you first told me you were gonna start doing these podcasts, I was like, Oh, okay, you're out of your mind, right? <laughs> like what the heck are you thinking? Podcast, like that's <laughs> ridiculous. Um but yeah, you're doing it. Like you go and you learn, you do it the first time and you learn. And now, I mean, thanks to me. That you're exactly. having the best jokes. No, I'm just kidding. This is the best. This is the best. One we, we talk about <laughs> Exactly. <poop>. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the shit's that'll give you a panic attack. Yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's it's a true thing. It's with everything. Yeah. Um, for people who are listening, aren't in any sport or scared to make that leap, like who cares if you? You're the only person who cares about your failure. Yeah. You know. No, it's true. Everybody else still loves you. Everyone you're close to still loves you and they're stoked about you. So who cares? Yeah.
0: No, it's definitely true. I mean, one uh, one thing I did want to talk about was because you were, you kind of mentioning uh, some of the art and and stuff like that and taking some of those chances. Cause that's something you kind of, uh, what, maybe four or five years ago, you kind of started, you were always mm. a little bit artistic and uh, I didn't say autistic. I said artistic, uh, <laughs> but you go through and you've like I, you totally blew me away with uh some of your prints and stuff that you i mean you designed uh some skis for heart and just all that stuff was super super cool it's all what is it uh bradleywilsonstudios.com if people want to get uh get some of their art it's legit dude
1: so that that started as like um i mean i really wanted to start a business like mm-hmm i I just, qual- I, I think I just started on the team. So this is like eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I really wanted a business. I wanted to start something, just create a business, whatever it was. So I had been artistic a little bit. My brother's insane artistic. He does sculptures of fish that are, I, he's, he's just insane with everything. He's yeah. so good at everything. And it's kind of annoying. Um, but my family is just kind of like we drew as kids you know that was a fun thing we did we colored a lot Um, but i decided to try taking up watercolor and i loved it it was super fun and um, i remember watching this video on youtube that like kind of inspired me to do it and i did a painting called an inspiration of this woman who um agnes agnes seal i think is her name i can't really remember what her name is but an incredible watercolor artist and that got me into it uh and I was like oh right like let's try to turn this into a, a business and that was kind of my diving into what it's like and how it is to start and create a company um and I like sold iPhone cases for a while I did like I put it on everything and sold it to to people and I, I had I, it was pretty successful I did um uh quite a few so su- like commissions like people like the art and they're like, Will you paint this? Will you paint my horse or will you, you know, yeah. um, will you paint my my girl, you know, playing sports and and things like that. And then it just kinda I mean, that's just it was definitely like something that I knew I could do. Yeah. And as far as like the fear of like stepping into it and doing it, that really didn't exist because I'm just gonna spend you know a couple thousand dollars on everything, and that's it. Like once it's started, it's it's yeah. good, and it just kind of hangs out in that that area. I only painted for like two years.
0: Gotcha.
1: And, yeah, I haven't painted since in, like the last seven years, probably Bro, five years. Get
0: back. you gotta start. You gotta start painting again. Can people it's, still? It's get cool those, can we still get those prints?
1: Ah, hundred percent. That's the cool thing about it, there. though. Is like, um, I mean, I'm definitely doing art and stuff with. Oh, okay home renovation or like yeah. furniture building and things like that. But it's all set up and ready to go. So yeah. when the time comes and when it's, when it's good for me to do it, I can start painting again. Yeah. yeah. You need, you need to do yeah. I'm going to need, yeah, gonna need for a, sure. a print
2: once the studio.
0: Comes
1: well, send me out. a commission. I'll do yeah. it. Yeah. You know? so. right. <laughs> but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a lot of things you can buy on there as far as prints go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I look back on it I'm like god that's pretty good and some of these paintings are pretty sweet mainly I mean it it was so long ago and um, there's one that I love it's the the elephants it's called dark giants yeah and it's kind of like a abstract elephant drawing or painting with like water drips and stuff and um, I look I look back at that sometimes I'm like because I pull I pull out my art sometimes every once in a while and like kind of try to get a little inspiration and I'm like, damn, like that's pretty good for you know, painting it on the kitchen table.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It's, yeah. yeah, I was I was looking at it uh, earlier. I have, I had one of your, I think it was the bear. I think I had one mm-hmm. of those uh, prints. I have no idea what's that, but I had the the grizzly uh, bear.
1: Yeah, intimidation.
0: The intimidation. The bear. the names are funny too. Yeah, yeah the intimidation bear. Yeah, uh, yeah I, need to, I need to order, get another print going. I got I to gotta send you something. We'll, we'll do a co- collaboration.
1: I, I actually just, so it's pretty cool. World Championships two years ago, or wait, 20, 2019, 2019 at Deer wow. Valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had this really cool setup. High West was an incredible company. Really cool. Big supporters of the Yoski team. Um, they created this like almost Team USA house. Mm -hmm. for world championships on on main street in park city and it was cool they had a wall and they were like hey any artists out there who in freestyle the the world championships want to send in some art pieces and they're gonna put it up on this wall and all the people who walk into this from main street can like see our art and they're like oh okay and i sold a painting um or it was, it wasn't the original is a, is a print just from that. Like people walking, and be like, Oh my God, that's so good. That's yeah, so cool. Exactly. And like, they, they reached out to me at the, at world championships. Like, did you paint that? Like, can I buy one? I'm like, yeah, it's all set up, ready to go, like, go get it. Yes. And, um, it's all ready to go. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's definitely really cool to get creative when you're burying your face and yeah. skiing.
0: No, it's definitely, uh, difficult to kind of juggle the time and especially with all the home renovations and, and everything yeah. else that kind of, you, you've been a busy man during, uh, during COVID.
1: During COVID, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Gotta get well, really creative with it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for, for taking the time, dude, coming on. Uh, where can, uh, where can people follow you? What is it? Will's Freestyle on, on Instagram? What's the, uh.
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm not really active on it anymore because of the, um the whole anxiety thing that I kind of took a big step away from social media and stuff, which is really cool. I don't know. I, I, yeah, you can follow me on Will Freestyle. I'm on Twitter a little bit, um, and Instagram, but, uh, I think Bradley, or I think B Wilson art or Bradley Wilson studios on Instagram. And
0: I'll probably be more
1: active on that.
0: Okay. Moving forward. Awesome. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time, my man. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'll see you at the wedding coming up soon. Oh, coming I know. God, up, up. no up.
1: kidding. Are you stoked or what?
0: Oh, super stoked. Super oh, about stoked. time.
1: I'm so happy for you guys. That's going to be yeah. awesome.
0: Thanks my man. All right, Looking well, forward uh, to it. Thanks everybody. Appreciate it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening in. I really appreciate it. Please make sure to take the time to like, share, and subscribe our show. And also you can follow along on Instagram. Thanks.